you encourage him when it comes up. Hello. Hello. There you go. Cool. Thanks, Tom. <coughs> Hello. Um, yeah, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm going to be coughing and spluttering all over the place as well today. And so forgive me. You might hear some strange, horrible sounds coming from my nose and throat and all that. So just, you just have to forgive that and just be like, oh. I mean, you're a good distance away, so you shouldn't catch anything. It's all good. Um, right, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to make this really easy. I'm going to open with a video, and I'm just going to sit over there. So <laughs> see you later. <laughs> The Gospel of Mark is a book in the Bible about the life of Jesus, and the earliest reliable tradition tells us that it was written by a guy named John Mark. Now Mark didn't just grab a bunch of random stories about Jesus and throw them together. He's designed this book to address some really specific questions about whether or not Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. So let's stop right there, because that's a term a lot of people like me aren't very familiar with. Yeah, so the Messiah was a royal figure, sometimes called the Son of God, that Israel was expecting to come and set up a kingdom here on earth. And around the time of Jesus, Israel was occupied by Rome, and so many Jews were hoping that the Messiah would come and overthrow the Romans and rule as king. But Jesus didn't overthrow the Romans. In fact, he was killed by them. And that brings us to the very issues Mark is trying to get at in this book. So in the first half, he focuses on who Jesus is. Is he really the Messiah? And then in the second half, he's addressing how Jesus became the Messianic King. And then right here in the middle of the book is this pivotal story that brings the two halves together, and Jesus answers both of these questions. Okay, so let's talk about the first half of the book, who Jesus is. So Mark makes his beliefs about Jesus very clear from the first line of the book. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. One of the next stories is Jesus getting baptized and God's voice announces from heaven, this is my son. So it couldn't be more clear, it's presenting Jesus as the Messiah. Yes, but as you're reading through this first half of Mark, you'll notice something really interesting start to happen. Jesus is going about healing all these different people, and he's constantly telling them to keep quiet about who he is. This happens so many times in Mark's account, it's very strange. Yeah, why keep it a secret? So remember, lots of Jews had lots of different expectations about what the Messiah would be and do, and so Jesus doesn't want people to misunderstand what it means for him to be Israel's Messiah. And so with all that in mind, we come now to the pivotal story at the center of the book where Jesus takes his disciples away and he asks them, who do you all say that I am? And Peter says what everyone's been saying, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. But then something new happens because Jesus starts explaining to them how he's going to become the Messianic King, and it is not what they expected. He says he's going to suffer and die and rule by becoming a servant, or in his words, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to become a servant and to give his life as a ransom for many. Peter is startled by this and he rebukes Jesus because there's no way he's going to let Jesus die. And Jesus responds, get behind me, Satan, which is really intense. It really is. But it highlights how important it is for Jesus that his disciples come to understand who he really is. And so here now in this pivotal section, Jesus tries three different times to have this conversation with them. And every time they respond in confusion and even fear. Okay, so this launches us into the second half of the book, where Mark addresses the question of how Jesus becomes the Messianic King. It's the last week of Jesus' life. He goes to Jerusalem, gets in conflict with the religious leaders, and gets arrested. And he's put on trial as someone who's claiming to be the king of the Jews. He's even given a crown and a purple robe like a king would get, but it is all a cruel joke. Then he's mocked and beaten and hung up on a cross where he dies. And it's here in this crucial scene that we meet a new character. A Roman soldier. Who suddenly gets everything that's going on. He says, surely this is the son of God. Which is crazy. It's an enemy who's first putting it all together that Israel's messianic king is the crucified Jesus. That's the structure of the book of Mark. 
But the book doesn't end with Jesus dead on the cross. No. So on the third day, some women go to visit Jesus' tomb, only to find that it's empty. And then there's this angel standing there, instructing them to go and tell this good news that Jesus is alive from the dead. But instead, they run away and they don't tell anyone because they're afraid. And that's how the book ends. Which is a really abrupt ending. Yeah, it's so abrupt that later scribes did add an ending that brings more closure to the story. And you'll find that story in your Bible with a little footnote that says it was added much later. But Mark's a brilliant storyteller, and he's intentionally ended this book abruptly. So all through the book, the disciples have been confused about Jesus' plan to give up his life, the story in the middle and now right here at the end. It's like Mark is acknowledging just how startling this claim really is. And he wants you, the reader, to wrestle with it for yourself. Is this crucified Jesus really the Messiah that they've been waiting for? See, he's, he's told it for me. Done. <laughs> right. Good resource? Good. That's excellent. That pretty much recaps my, the, the last time I did Mark. Um, and I just want to springboard off of that, really. Um, so, so Mark is written to, um, to the Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus in, uh, it's like AD 60-something. It might have got to 70 by that point. I'm not sure. It's, it's debatable, apparently, at the moment. But, like, basically, he lives in a time where, or, or the people who, who, have, who are reading Mark at that period, they're, they're living in a time where Nero had already come into power, Emperor Nero. They had heavily persecuted the Christians. Um, it ain't going that well. Um, I, David invited me this morning. We were having a good chat about it. Uh, they had already been, Jerusalem had already been surrounded for the first time. All the Christians, remembering Jesus' words, got out. And uh, then Jerusalem was, was encircled a second time by Rome, who started the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, the destruction of the Jews. And uh, it was a horrible, horrible and dark time. And, 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 and people had questions, right? People have questions today, right? Um, they're like, well, what's going on? Well, where's, 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 where's the God I'm believing in? So the Jews are like, well, where is our God? We thought he was going to defend us to the last. And, and yet the temple is being crushed. And then the Christians are like, well, we've put our hope in Jesus, and, and, and a load of us are being killed and slaughtered. And, you know, and every, everything doesn't seem to be going... Everything we were expecting isn't, isn't going the way we thought it would. And so, and so yeah, so people had questions. Is, is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Was he really... Is he, a, is he our risen saviour or, or is he just a dead pipe dream? You know, and, and so Mark wanted to address that, as, as a lot of the New Testament scholars then addressed it as well. And uh, so we're going to see exactly how... He, uh, Mark uh, addresses that uh, in his book. And I'm going to get uh, Mr. David to read the first part for me. Thank you, David. And we will dive in. It's a bit different today. Do you know what you're doing? Good. <laughs> do, do you want a mic? Yeah. Oh, you've got a mic. Brilliant. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Cool. I'll let, I'll let uh, you and Colin... Uh, mic check. One, two. <laughs> beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, the news just then, no, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were flocking to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sin. John wore a, cam a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. He was preaching, someone more powerful than I will come after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. Oh, and, and I, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. God bless his word. No, no, no.
trying something different just in case you didn't realize it's all good <laughs> thank you david awesome um yeah so that's that's basically that's what we're going to look at today so um and so the, the first thing that Mark says, he, he begins it off. He says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And, um, and I, I want to I look at that word, beginning, because that's really what Mark is on about. This whole thing, his whole entire um, gospel is a beginning, okay? And, um, and, and, and I want to I think about the word, beginning. Where's the first time you hear that word in the Bible? Genesis, right? And what happens in Genesis? God creates everything. God creates everything new. He takes, he takes this, this state of chaos and he orders it and structures it into something beautiful, into something with, with goodness. In fact, he, he calls it good like seven times, right? He creates a world of beauty, with joy, um, with security, safety, abundance, you know, um, and, and, and he puts humans in it uh, to rule it, to govern it, to, to, to be God's image in it, to, to reflect his goodness, um, and to be creative with what he's already given. It's, he, he gave them the, the, the um, kind of job, as it were, to, to take what God had already created and, and, and create new things, you know, and, and take the, 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 the garden of Eden, as it were, and, and spread it. Right, and so you, so people, you know, we, we've got the abilities to take resources and make something amazing with it because we're creating his image, right? So uh, examples, you know, we, um, you know, we're to build like families and communities and friendships. We're to build, take resources like wood, stone, etc. Build, build houses, cities, you know, towns, etc. Um, take stuff like food and create, you know, like. I don't know, take apples and that, make apple crumble. I don't know, you know. <laughs> the point is, it's about it's being creative, right? And, and God's given us this, it's an amazing one. And the whole point of Genesis 1 and 2 is to say, look, this is, this is how amazing God made it. And it, and it had purpose. And, and you had jobs you enjoyed, as it were, you know. Um, who wants jobs you enjoy? I do, you know. So, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, and, and he created this great world. And then the story progresses and, and, and humanity decided it didn't want God to decide what was good. They wanted to decide what was good for themselves. And then everything got plunged back into the chaotic state that God originally took it from. And, and, so, and so Mark is taking this is like and saying, look, no, 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 the beginning is beginning again. Okay, because ever since the story of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, has been ever since the, 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 the beginning got ruined, God has want, been wanting to bring that beginning back again and again through the storyline. That's the tension of, of the scriptures, of God trying to bring it back and mankind responding terribly <laughs> each and every time. And so, uh, so Mark saying, no, th this, this story I'm about to tell you is the mark of the new beginning. This is, this, is, this is what's happening here. And so Mark continues. So he says, this is the beginning of the good news, good news being that of a reigning king, of Jesus the king. Jesus the king. And that, that's the first time, the last time he's going to tell you what he thinks. And, and, and everything else you'll have to infer from the text. And he says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make his paths straight. Okay? So Mark is now saying that this beginning that we're expecting is linked, is linked to the Old Testament scriptures. Yeah. It's a continuation of the story that we've all been hoping for. It's, 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 it's the end where we've been waiting for this whole time. Okay? And there are two texts here, actually. It's not just Isaiah. Um, we can talk about that afterwards if you really want to chat about it, but you know, it's, it's not important to take into the story. But there's two quotes here. There's one from Malachi, which it starts with, and then the Isaiah one is a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make his paths straight. And the rest of the story is going to be linked to those two scriptures. So, so let's, let's look at what Isaiah says. So a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. 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 Where's the, where's the first time you hear about the wilderness? What is that? Exodus, Exodus, right? Exodus. So, so that's, that's where the, the Israelites are in Egypt and God rescues them and sends them into the wilderness and, and, and takes them to a promised land, right? So, so as I said, God is wanting to restart this blessing, okay, or, or, this, or this new beginning, this new earth. 
And, and, uh, and, and at one point in history, uh, after all the mess, he takes one person, right? A person called Abraham. And he says, I want to restore everything through you and your family, right? I'm going to do it through you and your family. And he gives him a child he was never able to have. And, and that child became a, a small family, if not a tribe. And that tribe eventually found themselves trapped in Egypt, another oppressive, um, world-dominated um, uh, society that, 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 that gained its security from oppressing others. And, um, and God rescued his people from this horrible nation. And, uh, and, and, and he rescued them out and sent them through the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is just supposed to be a road. Right, the wilderness is just supposed to be right. Obviously, they had their own judgment there because they, they screwed up and they didn't want to serve God, just like Adam and Eve didn't want to serve God properly, right? So they screwed up there. But, but, so, so the Exodus does kind of remind you of the time they failed, but at the same time, it's just a road. It was only just a road. And, and, so, and, so, and, and this was meant to lead them all the way to the promised land. And God eventually did that. He finally, they finally got there, and they got to, where is it just before they entered? So you've got the wilderness, you've got the promised land. There's, there's something in the middle there. It's, it's a river. It's the Jordan River, right? And, and before they crossed over, like God says, like, choose who you're going to serve today. You know, choose, choose life. You know, there's, you've got blessing, you've got curse, choose life. And, 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 and I'm going to bring you into, the new, into a new beginning and you're going to be my people and you're going to show everyone how good I am and we're going we're to bring Eden back, basically, right? This, this, this is how we're going to do it. And, but you need to stay faithful to my laws, blah, 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 because that's the way humanity is supposed to live, Right? And they say, and they say yes. And so, so he parts the Jordan for them. They cross into their new beginning. Now, years and years and years and years and years later, we get to Isaiah. And in Isaiah's day, Israel were a state. And I, I just mean an absolute mess. Uh, they were broken in two. They were divided. Uh, you have the North Kingdom, the Southern Kingdom. They were at civil war. Um, and that Israel as a whole, you know, both had become corrupt. They had both abandoned God. And Isaiah uh, came along and told them that this is what God says. You've, you've got, before, five years before there was even word of it, he said, Assyria is going to rise up and Babylon's going to rise up and he's going to decimate all of you. He's going to take you away. And that's, that's Isaiah's main message. And Isaiah's like 60, 66 chapters long. For, for 39 chapters, that's his main message. You know, this is it. You know, you, you've, you, you've abandoned God. God, God, ain't, God ain't happy with this, you know. And so he promises that they will be exiled. But from verse 40, which is where Mark picks it up, um, he changes tune a bit. He picks up on some, some other slight references during, like there's a bit glimpses of hope throughout his judgments. And then he picks it up at 40 and runs with it. And then this is what he says at 40. So this is what Isaiah says. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, announce to her her time of forced labor. Think Egypt, Babylon, Assyria. Time of forced labor, it's over. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received uh, double, or only double, <laughs> from the Lord's hand for all her sins. He says, and then this the part that we will all recognize, a voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord, or the path of the Lord, in the wilderness, Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth. The rough places are plain and the glory of the Lord will appear. And all humanity together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Um, Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain. Jerusalem, herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it, don't be afraid. And say to the cities of Judah, your God is here. Here is your God. See, the Lord comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. So, basically, they're in exile and they're reading Isaiah and, and, and Isaiah's promising them, God's, God's going to rescue you from this. He's not done with you. This is all just a thing to purify you. He's going to rescue you and he's going to bring you back to Jerusalem and he's coming back to Jerusalem and he's going to establish his kingdom and all tears are going to be wiped away and everything's going to be perfect. And you know what, guys? It's the new beginning. It's going to be a new beginning. And, and, and it does happen. You know, God raises up another nation, uh, Persia. They go and wipe out Babylon and they free the Israelites and say, go home. 
you know, and they go home and they're, they're joyful about it. I mean, there's some hardships there, but they're, they're joyful and they construct a temple and all of this. And, and then they realize that they're, they're home, but God isn't. And, 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 and years down the line, um, we get another prophet uh, that God raises up um, called Malachi. A guy called Malachi. Oh, I didn't mark this one. Oh, well. Now, Malachi uh, lived after, as, as you know, the exile. He, he lived in the days when the, the temple would be reconstructed, got, but it, like the past, God hadn't come down in flames and all that. He wasn't present. It didn't seem. And Israel, again, despite their promises to remain faithful to God, had, in fact, become corrupt all over again. And, uh, and Malachi says uh, these words, and... Um, uh, Malachi, interestingly, side note, means uh, messenger. Uh, anyway, so he, uh, he says these words, which uh, Mark picks up. He says, look, I'm going to send my messenger. So, so sorry, Israel, I'll give you some context. Israel just asked, well, where is the God of justice? Where is he? You know, I thought he was going to be with us. Where, where is he? It sounds familiar to Mark's uh, people at the time. Where, where is our God? Where's Jesus? Uh, he says, where is, the, where is the God of justice? He says, listen, listen, listen. He says, look. I'm going to send my messenger, and he's going to clear the way before me. And then the, the God of justice that you're seeking, the one who's going to you know, um, you know, bring justice to you and elevate you and all of that, he will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant you desire. He is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure that day? Who can endure that day? Who will be able to stand? Which one of you can stand? Because he's going to be like a fire. It's going to be like a fire. He says, I'm going to come to you in judgment. All right, so you better be ready. I'm coming to you in judgment. And I will witness against the sorcerers, the adulterers, against the ones who swear falsely, the, ones, the oppressors, uh, the cheats, um, the ones who deny justice. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm coming to deal with all of that. He says, you lot have rejected my statutes. You haven't kept them. Therefore, return to me and I will return to you. And then he ends like this. He says, look, I'm coming to set things right. I'm coming to bring justice. I'm coming to bring, you know, give those who need it. You know, I'm going to raise up those who, 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 who have been looking for my justice. And I'm going to, I'm going to level those who, who have not. And he says, I'm going to be, before that day when I set all things right, when I bring my final new beginning, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet. I'm going to send you Elijah before that day. And he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And that is it for 400 years. God ends on those words and leaves it. And, and, and it's interesting, again, me and David are having a chat this morning. Uh, Israel were in, um, in Egypt for 400 years without a word from God before God then announced that he was going to rescue them and take them on this exodus out and into a new beginning. And you've got another 400 years silence of Israel wondering what is going on. And during this time, they're conquered by all sorts of nations, conquered by the Greeks, and eventually they end up under Roman rule. And, um, and then Mark, get back to Mark. Mark is saying, remember what Isaiah said about this exodus, about, this, about coming up out of, out, out of exile, coming back into, into a, a promised land, a good land. Remember that. Remember Malachi said that, that God will actually return. Well, that day's here. It's finally here. And that's what Mark's saying. Everything I'm about to tell you is related to this. That new beginning you were hoping for, it's all here in the story I'm about to tell you. Right? So that's, what's, that's what Mark's on about. And, and who do we meet? Who does he assign as this messenger, as this voice? John. So he continues, he says, John, he came baptizing in the wilderness. In the wilderness? Hello? So he's relating it back to what Isaiah said. He came baptizing in the wilderness. So, oh, okay. And, uh, and preaching a baptism of repentance for the giving of sins, uh, baptizing them in the Jordan, which is the promise of a new start. And, and these guys are flooding to him, Right? And it's because they see, the, the, the people at the time are seeing there's a connection here. There's something going on here that's different, right? And this, and this guy is fulfilling something. Now, I, I don't know if you've realized, when you read your Bibles, when you read your Bibles, 
How often do you see descriptions of people? Like, you read a novel, right? You read a novel, and it's like, oh, yeah, he was like, he was like tall and handsome and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he had to, you know, he's wearing this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and you, you don't have to see that. It doesn't say, oh, Jesus, he was like this, you know, he had that nice olive skin and flowing gold hair with bright blue eyes. And you, you don't see it, right? You don't see it. And it's because, it's because it, ancient Hebrew literature it doesn't bother with it. It doesn't see it as important. It seems it as minor details. But when it does describe someone, it's important. It's integral to the storyline. Okay? Because it relates to something that's already been said. Okay? And you get that, right? We, we, we have John described. Okay? He, he says, John's this guy who wore a camel hair garment that doesn't sound very nice. Uh, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Um, and that's kind of odd. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of odd. I don't like locusts, I'm going to be honest. I know, I, know, I know you can eat them, but yeah. I, I, they, they might be. I don't, I don't, I've, I've yet to try one. Anyway, <laughs> but, but, like, but he's wearing a leather belt, and he's wearing a camel hair garment. Now, instantly, people who are familiar with the Old Testament scriptures would recognize this. They would recognize it. It's a shout back to another prophet in the Old Testament. And there's a prophet who God tells, before everyone goes into exile, he says, go to the northern king and tell him that he's an idiot and he's going to die. That's basically the message. And so he, but don't tell him, tell his messengers, because his messengers had, had run off to go inquire of another god to see if, if their king was going to die in Oxy had an accident. So they go off, and, and, and this guy goes up to them and says, you know, why are you going to this guy? Because you're such an idiot, you're going to die. So go home and tell your master. And so they go home, and they, and they tell their master, oh, this prophet stopped us and, and said this. And he's like, well, who on earth told you that? Who was it? And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, and, and he, it's like he had a thought for a while. He's like, what's this guy wearing? And I'm like, oh, he's like wearing this, like, this rough, hairy garment. And he's got like this belt around him. And instantly he's like, ah, it's Elijah. <laughs> right? He just got it. It's, just, it's like, that's what Elijah wore. Like, no one else wore the stuff that Elijah wore, apparently. So, <laughs> so, 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 so that's it. And you actually find a lot of other prophets actually had a very similar dress code. And, 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 and that's it. This guy is walking around dressed like Elijah. Walking around dressed like Elijah. So, so who are we waiting for before the day of the Lord? Elijah. There he is. And if you didn't catch it, Jesus later on says, oh yeah, if you didn't catch that bit, it's like, he's Elijah, you know? Uh, <laughs> right? So like, and, and so, so this guy, he's coming, he, he, he's, he's fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. Right? And, he, and, he, and he's going around, and, and he's been inspired by God. I mean, if you read anything about Luke and all that, you know that he's, in, he's, he's filled with the Holy Spirit from birth and stuff like that. And, and he's going out, he's proclaiming, and he's proclaiming this message. And it's the same message that this Elijah is supposed to have, right? This Elijah, um, the, 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 before the great and awesome day of the Lord, Elijah the prophet's going to come, and his message is this. Retur he, he says, return to me, return to God, and God will return to you. And, 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 Mark, and, and, and John's message is <coughs> the, the same thing. He's, he's like, repent for the forgiveness of your sins, and God is going to come. Yeah. Right? Now, that word repent, what do we think? Sorry, are, are we all okay, by the way? Hi. <laughs> cool. Right. <coughs> that word repent. Right? Yeah. Now, a, a lot of people, I've, I've come from that background where it's kind of like, you know, some tears, I really feel sorry for myself. And I'm not knocking that, you know, because it, it's, 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 it's good to have emotional responses before God. But, but, but that's, that's, that's what a lot of that word has been wrapped up in. But, but that, the, the word repent isn't an emotional thing. It, it's, it's a decision. So you can get emotional about being sorry about what you've done and all of that. But if you don't do this repenting thing, it, it, it just, you're just going to get back to the same emotional state. And, 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 that, and that thing, it says, return to me, I will return to you. Repent for the forgiveness of sin. That, that word, repent and return, it's the same word. It's exactly the same word. Repent is literally doing this. I, I just had to re-repent there. <laughs> <So. laughs> there you go. That's repent. 
Okay? And it is. It's, it's, it's based on decision. You don't need emotion to do it. You can have emotion when you do it. But either way, you have to do it. Yeah? yeah. yeah? It's, 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 it's this thing. And, and, and he's fulfilling, again, the same mission this guy, this messenger in, in, in Malachi is supposed to be uh, doing. It's, it's, it's if you repent, then God will repent. Right? That sounds a bit weird. But basically, it's if you return, God will return. Right? God will turn back to you. And so this is what's happening. These people are flocking. They're seeing all the symbolism. They're like, yeah, this guy's dressed like Elijah. And he's out in the wilderness, and that's kind of where we're expecting like, everything to happen. And like, he's, he's, he's going around preaching about this, 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 this repentance. It's like, I'm in. I want, because, and, and you've got to see it from their perspective, right? Because they're like, we're being oppressed. Your Rome is over us, and this ain't good. And, and just like in the days of, of Egypt and, and Babylon, it's like, we want to be rescued all over again. And, and, and so, yeah, of course. It's like, I'll return. I'll return because then God will return and he'll bring his day of judgment on my oppressor. He'll bring his day of judgment on my oppressor. And so they're all sparked and they're all flying down and, you know, and it's all like, well, you know, it's, it's insane. And, and people start asking questions. And if you look at some of the other accounts, they're like, well, who, who are you? Are you? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah, John? Are, are, you, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? I don't know the difference between the prophet and that, by the way, just so you know. But, you know, it's like, are you, are you Elijah? And, 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 and he stops. And in another one, he says, no, not really. Um, Jesus says he was, but you have to understand, John is really humble here. He's extremely humble. And, and he says he was preaching. So we'll pick it up in verse 7. He says, he, he was preaching. He says, look, look, look. You've got it all wrong. Okay? Someone way more powerful than me is coming. Okay? Someone way more powerful than me is coming. He's like, I'm, I'm not even worthy to do the most menial of tasks for this guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even worth, like, scrubbing his shoes or whatever, or tying his shoes. You know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not good enough for anything basically, is what John is saying. He's like, and he says this, which is really interesting. He says, all I've done is put you in water. That's all I've done. Well, that, that seems a bit of a downplay, John. I mean, like, you're fulfilling all these prophecies, right? That's a bit of a downplay. All I'm doing is, is, is immersing you in water. But you have to understand the story of the Bible and, and how John's thinking. See, see, th- this, is, this is a... This is a, a choice, a human choice to return to God. But how has that worked through the storyline of Scripture? It hasn't worked very well. We see Adam and Eve, and they're given the choice uh, to serve God or not in the form of a tree. And they, and they, and they, and, and they immediately sign up to it, but then they, they fail and flunk it. Um, the whole nation of Israel at various points, whether they're in the wilderness, in Egypt, in uh, the promised land, in Babylon, on the way back from Babylon, in their new land again, at various points they're told, turn to me, follow my laws, let's do this together. And they say, yes, we're turning back to God. And what do they do? They just flunk out. Every single time. Every single time. And, 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 and the people in the Bible realize this, and, and, God, and God, God gives them like this, um, what do you call it, uh, going, to the, going to the doctors or going to the hospital when you get a prescription or analysis or whatever. He, 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 they analyze it, right? They analyze it, right? And, 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 and Moses is the first one to speak up, and he says, the problem here is your heart. So you're going to promise all you like, but you, it's going to go bad, you know? Um, the heart's the problem. See, the problem isn't your oppressive rulers and this and that. It's you. You're the problem. Right? This thing is the problem. He says, the, you know, Jeremiah says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can, who can even comprehend it? Everything's a mess. You know, he looks out at Israel, the state they're living in. This isn't right. You know, it, it's got to be something wrong here. You know? I mean, Moses, again, he was like, look, you know, instead of, instead of circumcising yourselves, you know, in, in, in terms of, oh, yeah, I'm making a commitment to God, which doesn't sound like the most amazing commitment, I'm going to be honest, but, like, <coughs> you know, instead of circumcising that, your heart needs to be circumcised. That, that needs to be cut. Not, your, not, not, not the other thing, you know. Agree with you. Fully agree with you, Moses. But, you know, 
Um, Jeremiah says the same thing. He's like, this, this needs to be transformed. This is, this is wrong. And then Ezekiel picks it up as well. I've marked Ezekiel, so I really like Ezekiel as well. Ezekiel is awesome. Ezekiel says the same thing. He, and I'll, I'll, I'll cite what he says. He says, look, you know, this thing's messed up. And he's like, he basically says, forget softening the heart. You just need a heart transplant. That's what we really need, you know. Um, and, and, he, and he says it like this. He, he, he says it like this. He says, you know, a, a time's going to come when I'm going to clean you from your impurities. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart, right? Get rid of that thing. I'm going to give you a new one. And I'm going to put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will place my spirit with you, you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my audiences. Get, get that word. I'm going to cause you to follow me. And then you will live in that land that we've been promised all this time. Then the new beginning will be here. And he actually says just a bit later, the land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate. And that desolate land will become like the Garden of Eden. We're going back to the beginning. We're going back to the beginning. And how's he going to do it? Ezekiel, Ezekiel has it. He says he's going to send his spirit. He's going to send his spirit. Where do we first hear about the Holy Spirit? Genesis 1. Genesis 1. He's the one who, he's the one who creates it. Listen. The beginning... Uh, God created heavens and the earth. The earth was formless, empty, darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. It's the state of chaos. And then the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God said, and then the spirit moved. And he took a horrible mess of chaos and he created a beautiful world. And that same spirit, Ezekiel says, is the thing that we need to, to take our state of chaos in our hearts and make it fresh. Okay? And Mark picks that right up. He says, and John continues, he's like, all I'm doing, so we'll go back to that, so rewind, all I'm doing is baptizing you in water. But this powerful one after me, he's going to take that spirit you heard about, he's going to baptize you in that. Right? So it's not, it's not what I'm doing. Right? You're just making a choice today, but that won't last unless this person comes and brings the spirit. Okay? The same spirit that, that regenerated the whole world, the same spirit that, re, that, that, uh, that, that was promised to regenerate our hearts. And, and what does happens in the next part? So we didn't read this part, but what happens in the next part? It says, in those days... Jesus came, okay? Now, there's like a whole thing. I'd love to go into that, but I'm not going to. So, <laughs> um, so Jesus came, right? Um, instead, of, in, instead of God, by the way. By the way, the messenger comes first, and then God is supposed to appear. And the way Mark's written it is, is, is John comes as the messenger, and when you think God is going to appear, it's Jesus who appears. It's saying something, right? Anyway, but, but uh, more on that another time. So, so Jesus comes. He gets baptized as well. He's fully agreeing with what's happening in the personal choice that Israel are making. He agrees with what John is doing. And then, and then what happens is different. The heavens are torn open, which Isaiah promises as well. There's a, there's a verse that says, I will tear the heavens and I will come down. And I'm going to fix things. The heavens were torn and the spirit came down and hovered, hovered, like Genesis, hovered over him. And a voice then came, and we'll get onto that like next time, because there's so much, right? So, so, so this spirit that we've been waiting on has rested on Jesus, and Jesus is the one who, 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 who takes it into himself, right? He's, he, he is God, and, and, and as God, he has control of the Spirit because the Spirit is God. It's, it's that weird Trinitarian thing. And so, like, but, like, but so, so, and, then, and what does he do? He then goes out, and he's, he's healing people. He's bringing, you know, he's, he's making sick people well. He's making people who are, who are outcasts. He's forgiving them and bringing them up, right? He's, he's, he's helping those who are oppressed. He's helping the widow. He's helping the orphan, 
Um, he, he's helping the outcasts. He's helping those who are, who, who are hated. Uh, he, he stands against the, the, the problem of the temple, which, which has pervaded Israel for years and 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 years. And years. Um, you know, he, 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 and he, he's bringing new creation everywhere. Everywhere he walks, he's bringing new creation. And, everyone just, and, and the leaders despise him for it. And as we know, they, they, they get jealous and they have him murdered on a cross. But what happens? The spirit. The spirit regenerates him. Can't just stay dead, right? The spirit regenerates him. And then he becomes the first of this new creation of humanity. He's standing there. I'm the first new human that we're all meant to be, right? And, 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 then, and then what does he do? Then afterwards, it starts in Acts. He says, he goes into Acts and, and, and he says to his disciples before he leaves them, he says, Look, remember what John said? Do you remember what John said? Right? If not, Mark's going to write a book and then you can read it later. So, but, you know, but, you know, remember what John said? He, said? he said that he baptized only in water. Remember that? He says, but not many days from now, I'm, I'm going to now baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Right? I'm going to do it. Uh, this is my work. That more powerful one, that was me. Just in case you didn't get it. And, and he's like, and then, and then, and then he breathes on them. And then, he, and then he goes up and he ascends to his throne in heaven. And then for a few days they wait in Jerusalem, as they were told. And one day, on Pentecost, what happens? A wind blows in. A strong wind and fire. And, I mean, think, where's that in the Bible? Uh, on a mountain in Sinai, when, 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 when God comes to meet his people. In the tabernacle, when God comes to live here. In the temple that Solomon built, when that was all constructed. God's holy pure presence came on not one place but every individual and entered them and they gained the spirit and all of a sudden what happened well I mean like when we read the gospels right there are, disciples aren't the best lot let's be honest they're a bit of a cowardly bunch and, uh, and, and, and they have their high moments but they have their low moments and, uh, but, but this thing it, it just changes them right Peter formerly a coward dives out and starts giving this massive speech and like 300 or whatever people like turn to Jesus that day, right? And, and, and then later on, it, like they, they keep getting refilled by it as well. Like this, the spirit, the spirit, there's certain parts in Acts where the same people are refilled with the same spirit and then they're able to do stuff they, they didn't have the courage or the power or the ability to do. This spirit that gives life is transforming their hearts. It enables them to keep the laws they could never keep in the first place and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's the start of this new beginning and it's, just, and it's spreading. It's spreading. It's spreading and, and, and people are trying to stop it. The Jews are trying to stop it. Then Rome eventually tries to stop it. And, 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 and where is it now? Literally, most countries on earth have some form of, have, have us, us in it. It's spread across the whole entire world. It's insane. And it doesn't stop. And death can't keep it down. You know? And, 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 so, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's great. It's incredible. So, <laughs> and it's just, now, now there's, there's a promise at the, end, at the end of the Bible, there's a promise in Revelation, and Jesus picks it up at various points, and, and it's at the end of Isaiah as well, and I want to read you Isaiah's version of it, because this is what everyone's been looking forward to. Because it it's not just going to stay as us constantly being regenerated in a dark, oppressed world. God's going to finally end it and bring in just the good again. He's going to restore Eden. And this, this is what he says. He says, I will create a new heaven and a new earth, the past events won't be remembered or even come to mind. So, and then you'll be glad and you'll rejoice forever in what I'm creating, for I'm going to create Jerusalem to finally be a joy and its people to be a, a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, be glad in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. Uh, it'll be like, like a nursing infant will no longer live only a few days. An old man will... Uh, an, an old man... Sorry, or an old man will not live out these days. Instead, the youth will die at 100. It's going to be like the, the young. Being 100 is going to be like the new young age, you know. Um, amen. And, you know, and, and the one who misses 100 years is going to be cursed, which isn't talking about death. It's just like, you know, everything's going to be stretched beyond its limits. 
and, and people are going to be houses and live in them, and they're going to plant vineyards, and they're going to eat their own fruit. No one else is going to read. They're not going to be oppressed anymore. Uh, people aren't going to conquer them anymore. Um, they, will, uh, they will not plant and others eat, for my people's lives will be like the lifetime of a tree. My chosen ones will fully enjoy the work of their hands. That sounds great. And, and they will not labor without success or bear children destined for disaster. Uh, they will be a people blessed by, by their God, by the Lord, by Yahweh, along with their descendants. Uh, even before they call, I will answer. Um, they are still speaking. I will hear the wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. Even the animals won't be dangerous. But the serpent, that serpent from the beginning, his food will be dust. All that is evil will be destroyed. And, um, and no one will do what is evil or destroy on my entire holy mountain, says the Lord. The world will finally be restored. Eden will finally happen again. And we can continue where we left off in the first place. And that is a great hope. So let's go back to Mark's day very briefly. So they, they've, they've got this, 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 this inside of them. And their hope is, you know... Um, this, this whole thing that Mark's talking about, this is the beginning of the end. This is finally it. This is finally it. We're finally here. It's right in sight. It's just there. But people are... But, but hard times are still here. And so people are, are questioning. All right? And people are questioning the world today. It doesn't matter how great a Christian you are. So, so it, it, it comes to mind. Sometimes you look out and think, what is going on? You know, I'm, I'm waiting on Jesus and and... And, and, and they're, they're thinking this as well, you know, we, we're coming under fire, we're being persecuted, we're dying, um, or, and, and people just don't seem to care, pe- pe- people are just horrible, the world seems worse off than it ever was. Um, so, so is Jesus who he said he was? Is, is the question of Mark's day, is he? I don't know, and it's the question of our day as well, amongst many Christians, amongst many unbelievers as well, is he? Does he really exist? Was, it, was he really there? And Mark just says... Yes, yes, it is all true. And I'm going to point you back and take you through the story so you, so you realise how true this is. And, 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 and he, he makes a point here as well in saying, look, remember how everyone misunderstood it, right? Everyone thought God was going to, re- you know, that Jesus was coming to rescue us from Rome, but it didn't happen. Why? Because he didn't rescue us from that. He rescued us from the force that was underneath that and underneath every major empire that oppresses. It's the force of evil from the beginning that pervaded our world. And Jesus came to deal with that and deal with our hearts, not with some culture over us. Okay, That will be dealt with as a side issue, but the main point is your hearts and the evil that pervades it. And as the kingdom grows, the other kingdom's going to attack. Right? There is a dark kingdom out there ruled by evil forces, and it, and it wants to oppress us. It wants to wipe it out. Fortunately for us, it says it can't be wiped out. Our kingdom will be the one that succeeds. But it gets darker, and it gets horrible. And the point here is it's not about the circumstance. It's, it's, it's about God recreating you on the inside. The circumstance will come because God promises an end of all things. He promises the end. But it's not here yet. And so we live in this state of we have the kingdom amongst our, us as we come together. Right? When there are two or more people, I'm there among them. Right? Yeah? The Spirit of God is with us this morning. Whether you feel it, whether you don't feel it, he's here. Right? Don't matter. Right? He's here. Okay? But this is also emphasizing a choice. Right? If we go back to, to John, he says, he's saying choose. Choose to return to God, and he will return to you. And the great thing is, the, the God, the Almighty, the powerful one, Jesus, he will give you his spirit, and that's going to empower you to stay the course and not turn back. Okay? And it's the same question today, right? Repentance doesn't have to be something that you do when you've screwed up. It can just be realigning yourself every single day. Every single day making a commitment to God. And... Um, that's pretty much my sermon. But I want to invite you to actually um, to respond. Because I, I, it doesn't make sense if I give you a bunch of information and walk away. 
not when, when, when you hear about this is all about responding and God responding. And, and I think, I, I think it, it's hard sometimes because I think a lot of the time we, we do try to do a lot of stuff in our own strength. And, 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 and John's like, I mean, like, right? It's like, I'm just baptizing you in water. I mean, there is a choice. But if, if, if you're not met with God, that, that ain't going to stick, right? But thankfully, Jesus says, anyone who comes to me, I won't cast away. So everyone, everyone's got a choice every single day, whether, you, whether you, you've been a Christian for years and years and years, whether you've never even thought about it before. You, you've got a choice, and, uh, and, and God is, is bringing a great new world. I mean, like, we, we look at the horrible stuff out there today. It is going. God, God has promised to rid us of it finally forever. And he hasn't abandoned that promise. In fact, through the story of Jesus, he's, 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 he's sealed that promise, you know. And, and Jesus is alive today, and, he, and he's still, you know, working on it. And the only reason that it hasn't happened yet is because he's preparing his people to receive that kingdom, and he doesn't want any to miss out on it. So he extends that period for the sake of humanity, otherwise it would already be here. And, um, but when it finally comes, and Isaiah warns this as well, when it finally comes, if you reject it, it's too late. You're out. Right? Because that is the will of the person who doesn't want it. I don't want God. I will respect that. You don't get God. Right? But for those who repent and turn to God, and I mean turn to God, right? Some of us turn to God and say like, oh, right, yeah, I'll... I want God, but only to imbue my life, right? Okay, so like, I just want to, I, I, I want God in my life, but just to help me live my life, you know? But, but actually, the, the idea of repent is to turn towards his idea of life and not your idea of life. Yeah. So it means yeah. forsaking your ideas yeah. and saying, okay, I want to live the way you've told me to live and I want to deem good what you have declared yes. good yes. and not what I declare good. Yeah. You're rejecting the mind of Adam and Eve and you're accepting the mind of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's what I want to ask you to do, because if you do that, right, because a lot of people just say, like I said, oh, I just want God to empower my life, and then they get disappointed because that's not what God's about, yeah. right? Uh, but if you, if you line up with what God wants, God will line up with you and empower you, and he'll have his new creation inside of you, and that will sustain you until the real new creation. So uh, I, want, I want to ask a couple of people just to come up here, and what I want to ask is, if, 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 you're, a, if you're a Christian today, hopefully a lot of you are, if you, if you, if you know Jesus, and, and if, 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 you, if you've screwed up at any point, I, I just want to invite you to come down and turn back. If you haven't screwed up at any point, I want to invite you to reaffirm uh, just like your direction with Jesus Christ, and if you don't even know anything about Jesus or this whatsoever, this is like the first time, you're like, well, this is, this is insane. But you, but you like that idea? I mean, right, it's like the, what the politicians will promise us, they can never get, no crime, no this, no that, or Jesus actually promised it and he's actually going to do it, right? And, uh, and we, it's, it's going to be immense and incredible. It's going to be an amazing new beginning. Yeah. And, and if you want part of that, please join us as well and, um, and uh, we'll pray for you and we will, we will pray that the Spirit enters you as well. And I think we can all do with a refreshing of God's Spirit. So, uh, and, and that's not going to come through anything I say or pray or anything anyone else says or prayers, prays, but the, the prayer will be a vehicle for the Spirit himself to move. It's not in our words, right? Amen. So I'm, I'm going to invite that now. So if we could chuck on some, some music and, and um, I'll just grab a, a couple of you to help me pray for people. And if you want to come down for prayer, I just want to do that today, if that's okay. Um, yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.